Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and uh, this is going to be episode 172 of The Informed Catholic, episode 172, and um, I'm actually not prepared. Uh, I'm not going to read scripture. Uh, I'm not going to uh, read any article. I'm going to talk about... uh, the bishops and this decision not to stop, not to stop uh, politicians like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, um, and others from receiving Holy Communion who have a public, a publicly, uh, a public sin. They support something that is scandalous, that is publicly known. That they support abortion, that they support gay marriage. That is contrary to the faith. Um, this is this is something that's important for us uh, because it affects the body of Christ. It affects the church, the faith of the church. Um, You know, John the Baptist, St. John the Baptist, he went straight forward and rebuked Herod Antipas, the son of the monstrous Herod the Great, the one who murdered the holy innocent in Bethlehem. Because Herod Antipas uh, hooked up with his brother uh, Philip, his brother's wife Herodias. It was a public known sin. And John the Baptist was compelled for the love of God and for the love of souls to to confront Herod Antipas about this, this, this horrible sin. Herod Antipas abandoned his wife that he was married to. I believe she was an Edomian princess. Um, at least, you know, what we're told because it was an arranged marriage that was made. And then he decided to hook up with Herodias, a very, evil, wicked woman, um, ambitious woman. She wanted to be a queen and, uh, she will, she settled even for someone who is a, a Roman subject, Herod, um, Herod Antipas, uh, was maybe not as monstrous as his father, but he was still bad. And she decided to hook up. Now, this was a public known sin. I don't mean to repeat myself, but what we mean by is he didn't bother to hide it. He didn't bother to conceal it. He pretty much let his dirty laundry out into public. And so, therefore, he um, willingly with his own will, his own conscience, displayed his adulterous affair. Now, if the sin, according to John, uh, to Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, was hidden, that's a different matter. It was a private sin, not publicly known to the, to the, to the world. That's a different matter. So the sin should be kept hidden it was it's not any it's not a priest's job uh or a pope's job to display it publicly it's would probably do greater damage one should confront the sin privately uh, a good example is the story of francis of assisi i remember um francis went to a church a particular parish and he received holy communion and someone, one of Francis's, uh, I guess you can say, critics, approached him and said, uh, Brother Francis, 
What if I were to tell you that priest over there, that priest who you just received Holy Communion from, from his hands, what if I would tell you that that priest has two mistresses on the side and steals money from uh, the church? Francis answered, well, I would uh, continue to receive Holy Communion from his consecrated hands, but privately I would rebuke him for his sins. You see? Because this guy, just because this man was telling Francis this, does not mean he was fully a public sin. Either the, either the man was just simply, uh, he knew something about the priest, but it was not publicly known to everyone. But Francis was being cautious. Because Francis didn't know anything about the man's private life, what he was doing privately behind closed doors. Now, it's the point I'm trying to say here is, is that the main important thing is the subject here is Holy Communion. I'm just trying to basically say we have politicians here who do not hide their support for things that are contrary to the faith. Here we are we just, a couple of, not too long ago, we had a, a Pew Research that told us a, a great majority of Catholics do not believe in the real presence. And a greater majority of Catholics probably don't understand what the real presence is, that the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord, that what we receive is the resurrected Christ, the glorified Christ in our souls. And the faith... I mean, I've been a convert now since 1997 and I don't regret converting, but I, I have to say it is very painful, painful to see what's going on within the church. It really breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that a lot of people don't know the faith. I really truly believe that if more Catholics believe, more Catholics practice their faith, more, pract more, more Catholics prayed more, prayed the rosary, had more you know, Eucharistic devotions, uh, processions, that more Catholics studied scripture. I truly believe a lot of the ills of the world would be pushed back. But it, the fact remains is, I, 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 sadly, even though there are some things that are far greater there are more Catholics preaching the faith. There are more Catholic podcasts. I'm the least of them. My, my podcast is not big, but I'm trying to do the best I can to, because I want, I want to help. I want to help. I want, I want to be able to help people to believe. I want to help people find God. I'm not trying to be self-righteous, but I believe this is our duty. You know, it's easy for me to do this. I guess you could say in private within behind closed doors, but I'm not a saint I'm, by any means. I am not a saint. I have my own personal sins. I have my own faults. Um, I, and I, I would never try to put myself as, as, as better than anybody. I'm not. But I do love God imperfectly. I don't love him as I should love him. I always tell myself that. But I do believe in the I do believe in the faith. It hurts when a lot of when, when you see this. I don't know how you know, I don't see things being preached. As a matter of fact, I see a lot of exterior displays. I don't, <clears throat> I don't see the faith talked about enough at my local parish. I don't. I see just the usual routine we go through. I see, I don't see this, I don't see scripture talked about more. It's just like business as usual. 
That's what I meant to say. It's business as usual. Just the usual routine. Get this done. Get that done. And it's just, I don't think people are getting enough. They come to church. But I don't think they're getting catechized. Time should be taken to explain why. I don't... This last Sunday was Christ the King, the King of the universe. We have lately in my local parish at the Basilica of Regina Pachi, a couple of Sundays we've had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful times where people sell, you know, we got the elderly couple celebrating their anniversaries. I'm going to say this. I think, with all honesty, we should not have had a couple celebrating their anniversary at the Feast of Christ the King. All right, this basically is a feast day where... It's the end, practically, of the calendar, the liturgical calendar. I'm not saying their faith is not important. I mean, their their marriage, I think it's beautifully important. I think it could have been done privately with family and friends. But with all honesty, I think this should have been explained more. In honor of our King, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, the Jewish people say a prayer. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who, who gives us the fruit of the earth, wine, the that's wine from the grape, bread from the grain. These are beautiful prayers that the Jewish people say, and our faith is a continuation of temple Judaism, of, of liturgical temple Judaism. Because our King, Jesus Christ, who is the only begotten Son of the Father, is one. He's, he, is, he, he said, I and my Father are one and the same. So therefore, we should have been celebrating. We should have had a, a more beautiful glorious celebration to give to our Lord Jesus Christ than the usual it wasn't even it wasn't even a glorious better display there should have been an icon out there should have been a more extensive instead what what, what happened was two things that I think were distracting from the liturgy one, this stupid synodal thing. All right, I had we had a young young man, fine young man. Uh, he comes from a fine family. Had to come out and read a stupid synodal message that I think was completely distracting because now they want to do this synodal thing where people can listen to the church. We've had it sounds so hippie and stupid okay listen to the holy spirit well you know what you know a good way to listen to the holy spirit focusing on christ the king that's that's what we should have been doing the read nothing on the scriptural readings nothing on the scriptural readings nothing on the the readings from daniel Nothing from the readings of the of of the book of Revelation, right? The second reading. And the third reading, which is the gospel, Christ before Pilate, that was completely not even no one bothered no one bothered to give an exegesis study on any of the scripture passages. But let me put it this way, okay. They're not, they're not investing 
in catechesis. People need to know why why Jesus Christ is king of the universe. All this other stuff, all this other stuff, there's appropriate times to do them. There's appropriate times to, to, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a married man, so I don't know the joys of married life. I'm a single man. I live with my mother. I take care of her. I'm a convert to the faith. All right. I've been a convert to the faith for many years now. All right. Close to 25 years. And I have to honestly say my journey has been a bumpy ride. But things are not very good right now in the church. The faith is not being taught. Okay. We just went through a shutdown. A shutdown. Where for a few months we weren't allowed. For some time we weren't allowed to come into the church. All right. All this social distancing, all this, um, you know, uh, not receiving communion in the in the tongue, uh, you know, uh, basically. And then we've gone through a crisis of, of people pulling down statues, protests and rioting. Uh, some of our uh, our Catholic brothers and sisters in some cities, I mean, for crying out loud, they want to pull down a statue to uh, a king there was a statue of a saint in California that was being assaulted a church was nearly one of the oldest parish churches in California was set on fire all right we have you know we have politicians that basically are a mockery to the faith and no everybody's afraid to speak up and then we just have these what I feel they're important in their own time. But we, we've been told a while back before all this that many Catholics don't even know what the Eucharist is, what the faith is. Because the truth is, I'll be honest with you, since I have entered the church I've seen a battle between superficial exterior things versus the substance, the spiritual substance of teaching the faith. Okay. Very few times have I heard the catechism of the Catholic Church being talked about. Very few times have I heard good preaching on the passages of scripture. Okay. There's not even a scripture study class in a, in a, in, in this beautiful, in a beautiful basilica. There's not even a catechism for adult classes or something, just something to encourage people to study the faith. It's usually business as usual. And I've seen this in a couple of other parishes. Is business as usual. Okay. I have a friend who teaches catechism in holy innocence. And he talks about, he talks about the, there's a serious problem. I mean, you know, this battle between traditional Catholicism, what they call Latin rite, and the battle between the Novus Ordo, there's problems on both ends. One side is being told that the other side is not valid. That baptism on the other side is, is not fully valid. That they need to go through some blessed salt ritual and, and um, some exorcism. And, in, and told that the catechism of the Catholic uh, Church that Pope John Paul and Benedict put out is not a valid catechism. There's a serious problem here. And not only that, there's also the one in between that tends to ignore one or the other. Doesn't want to get involved. Doesn't want to rock the vote because it's too much work. 
These kids are being put through catechism. But the truth is, are they really being prepared? Are they really grounded in the faith? Or are we going through a concession line, like a manufacturing line? Just get them through the process, get them through the process. And then what happens afterward when they go through all that? Are they? Do they, re, do, do, they, do they really understand the faith? Or are you hoping that maybe in the future they might just come back because, because they know nothing else? The truth is, I don't think people are thinking about that. I think some people are worried about numbers. I think people, you know, are focusing on superficial stuff. It's some of these things are great. It's wonderful that you see elderly couples celebrating 50, 60 years of marriage. It's wonderful. But last last week was last Sunday was Christ the King. And it should have he should have been the center of the whole thing. It was it got overwhelmed by the synodal thing, which I thought was a complete waste of time. It's not going to, you know, it may go somewhere. It may not go somewhere. It should have been done in a more appropriate time in another in another place, Uh, you know, maybe another Sunday. And then we've had, you know, a couple which they had every right to celebrate their their anniversary. And I think it was wonderful. Christ got lost in there. Jesus got lost somehow. You know, it got lost. And it didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't, I just didn't believe he got the proper glory he deserved. It should have been more. It should have been more. There should have been more talk about the scriptural passages it should have been more talk about uh, the meaning of the day. It was, I mean, some attention was given. But along the way, it was over. It was over. And that was it. It was routine. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being insulting. I don't mean to. It's not, it's, 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 it's not my intention, but I felt, but I really believe that if we focused on him more, more often, maybe we would, you know, and maybe we focus on more true spiritual substance to the meaning of the faith. We might get more people back in here. He's, he's the reason why people should be in church. We're not getting the proper people back in. A lot of people are not coming back because the church had its doors shut, understandable about the pandemic. But guess what? Many people were ignored. Some people died without last rites being given to them because the bishops didn't want to send people over to give last rites. It's understandable. I understand the pandemic, but guess what? They felt the bishops didn't care. Now they don't care. To them, it's a lot of hypocrisy. That's how they're going to see it. That the leaders in the church are are full of crap. Okay? We just had a big meeting with a bunch of bishops and they decided not to defend the Eucharist. So why should people believe? Why should, why should anyone believe what the church is saying about the real presence? It's like we constantly have leaders that shoot themselves in the foot. All right. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to insult the married couples, the, the, the you know, the long 50-year marriages. That was fine. But the rest of the stuff, 
The rest, the, the most important part of the liturgy, I don't think gave glory to Christ. I think it actually undermined him. And I think it's turned into business as usual. This is how this is how I believe. This is this is this is what I'm noticing and observing. It's not it's not going well. It's not going well. And I and I'm sorry to say this. I think the sonato thing is going to distract also. It, it I know it's supposed to do what it's supposed to do, but it's guess what? It's just so fluffy, milk toast. It almost it it almost it almost gives one a diabetic shock by li- by listening to this stuff. It's not going to go anywhere. All right, it's all it's all exterior and superficial. It's not going to do anything. It's it it's really really taking the long turn around the Mount Sinai instead of climbing directly, which is catechesis. Uh, really good teaching on scripture and focusing on the teachings of the saints. We have everything. But what they often do is they choose very soft path. And guess what? Everybody thinks, well, we tried the best we, we did. You know, we, we listened. We listened to the Holy Spirit. No, no, no one's listening to the Holy Spirit in this one. This is all, this is all worldly stuff. You know, it's all worldly stuff. We have everything. We have everything that we need. It's basically, you know, Catholicism without substance. That's what this whole sonato thing is. It's to make everybody else feel good, but really it's ignoring the elephant in the room. It's never going to do what it's supposed to do. We've had... Years of St. Joseph, we've had year of the Eucharist, and nobody taught the Eucharist, all right? We have the year of Mary, and nobody taught Mary. Nobody taught the rosary. None of that stuff was being taught. It's just, you know, blowing a horn, beating the drum. That's all it is. It's, it, it, there's no message. It's just saying we did, we've done it, but nobody really wants to do it. You know, a lot of people now on the rad trad, they call them. I don't like calling them tra- rad trad. I mean, I'm, I guess you can say the traditionalist Latin, Latin mass crowd uh, are being told that uh, not to accept Vatican II. Not to accept Vatican II. And I've, you know, I know Taylor Marshall um, is very much in the the camp of the traditional Latin mass crowd. He's a convert from Protestantism. I'm a convert from Islam. I wasn't a practicing Muslim. I was never a practicing Muslim. I know enough about Islam. Um, you know, I floated uh, for many years uh, with with Christianity. I, I come from a Palestinian background. I come from a mixed marriage background. I made my decision to become Catholic. And I embraced the faith. But I'm going to say this. I'm not very happy with the journey after my baptism and conversion. There's been, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of information. You know, I had Scott Hahn. I had uh, other groups, uh, other converts who helped me, you know, learn Catholicism. I had Mother Angelica. I had um, EWTN. Uh, there's a, there was, a, you know, most of the stuff came through cassettes CDs, lots of books, tons of books, lots of money spent spent on books. But on the local parish level, on a local parish level, I had to look really hard. I had to look really, really hard to find a priest that would 
give me the time. I had to find friends, people who would actually guide me. You know, it's not that easy. You can't, you know, there's a lot of Catholics that don't want to get involved. You know, and once I went through all that, finally I was on my own. I was, you know, you know, my, I had to struggle between the job that demanded for me to work on Sundays. I struggled to go to mass on Sundays after work. It's not easy. Now I have Sundays off. Now I have the weekends off. And guess what? Unfortunately, life in a local parish, you know, practice is dismal. It's non-existent. People, uh, most Catholics really are very passive about their faith now. You know, they're, they... They go on, they go to mass on Sundays. Once it's over, it's over. There's no parish life. There's no parish activity. There's no parish involvement. There's no talks on a, I mean, especially in a basilica like this, you know, like Regina Pachi, it should have a little bit more, but it's not. I mean, you know, they have a, a lovely little bookstore, right? They have, uh, a Chinese mass, they have a Spanish mass, all that is fine. But it's more becoming more like a a factory, a conveyor belt. In, celebrate the liturgy, out. In, celebrate the liturgy, out. You know, they're not, you know, I understand right now we're going through a pandemic. But honestly, I think we're reaping the rewards of this pandemic. People are not coming back. They're not coming back. I'm, you know, they're not coming back. That's it. We have a catechism. We should have adult catechesis. There should be some scriptural study. There should be something. And it's not happening, unfortunately. It's just not happening. And I don't mean to repeat myself, but it's very, very sad. Um, I recently just got a book on the documents of Vatican II. I'm really going to spend my time studying it. Um, We have, uh, again, I'm reduced to rely on my (laughs) smartphone, (laughs) podcasts, Ebooks to study the faith. My problem is, is that I'm st- I'm relying on digital church, a digital Catholic church, an internet Catholic church. I'm not relying on a podcast Catholic church, on an ebook Catholic church, right? On 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 the Catholic. My church, my Catholic church now is on YouTube to get the substance I need to study the faith. Meanwhile, I have to go to church on a Sunday to receive the sacrament of the Eucharist. It's given to me without much, without all the substance that else that needs to, 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 foster faith. I have to do that through an e-book or a podcast, uh, you know, or YouTube for the belief, for my faith in the Eucharist, not from the parish level. That's, that's my problem. That's my problem is that it's not, you know, all the stuff, the stuff that I'm getting from my catechesis and faith and, and, you know, and, uh, YouTube and every, you know, all the stuff about the Eucharist I get from there. I don't get it from my parish. I don't get it from my, from my local priest. All that stuff is relying on there. So you have to realize that that's not exactly, um, you know, I'm getting orthodoxy from there. 
And that's where the problem was. It's, you know, it's, it's like the, the catechesis, the teaching, the, the, uh, the, the classroom is left on the digital level. And, you know, the sacraments are being held, hate to say it, captive on a clerical level. Maybe that's the, uh, on a clerical level. You know, they talk about clericalism. That's, that I'm beginning to understand. The bishops really are just invisible managers. You know, it, uh, work, you know, sometimes you may not, you know, you only see your managers maybe for five minutes. They drive in, you see them for walking through. You might even see them at the cafeteria, maybe. You might see them maybe three minutes in the, you know, uh, at the front door, wherever you're working. And you might, you might get a day you don't even see them at all. You may not even see them on a, you know, on, on uh, for a week because, you know, they're up there on the, uh, the third or fifth floor. Well, that's the way it is with the bishops. You know, the priests, uh, the more seniors uh, are, you know, are supervisors practically. You, know, you see them more. But this is the problem with, with the faith. They, they admit they're not, they, they drop the ball. They don't teach the faith. And I don't think they have any intention of teaching the faith. They don't want to get involved in it. They don't want, they talk, they, there's a lot of talk and that's what they're hoping. It's just talk. You know, they'll, they'll shine the spotlight, you know, forgive the pun on that for a few minutes Right. And they're hoping that maybe something else will come along to grab attention, like some crisis or whatever. Maybe some terrorist attack will blow up somewhere, whatever, God forbid. But, you know, they'll talk about uh, maybe some political uh, poli a politician might have some kind of crisis of, of scandal of some kind so it can grab the spotlight off of them. But of course, you know, unfortunately, it would always it always ends up the politician always ends up to be a Catholic or somehow, and then of course the spotlights they they're drawn into the spotlight reluctantly. But the point is, they don't want to really teach, and the problem is, they keep pushing characters like James Martin. Of course, then they chose someone like Bishop Robert Barron. You know, he you know he's he's sort of become a celebrity, and you know. You know, he's, he's latched on with the chosen. Again, it's a, not a Catholic TV show, although the star is a Catholic, perfect for them, right? So therefore, it, they can ride the idea that they're teaching the faith. But it's, again, it's superficial. One will get, well, a Catholic will get better sp spiritual substance from an evangelical show than from than than from the, the the leaders of the church my mom has gotten better spiritual nourishment from the chosen than she does from watching uh you know from 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 going to church and that's the problem here, you know. One time, we Catholics used to produce. If you ever watch those beautiful EWTN shows, where they'll have the Rosary Hour with Catholics playing biblical roles, that's what they used to do. That's what they used to do. But now, the evangelicals are doing a better job at it. You know, even Scott Hahn would admit it. The Chosen is a very beautiful show. It really brings the life of Christ. It, you know, it brings you into the world of the life of Christ. Catholics don't do this. They don't produce something like this anymore. Bishops don't want to. You know, heck, they don't even invest in, in pro-life. They don't even invest money in pro-life. They give their money to uh, 
left-wing groups. They take our money and they give them away to there. They don't even know. They don't even, they don't want to get involved in this. They do this. They give our money away They from money that we put in a basket. And then they, give, they distribute the money to contradictory groups that contradict the faith. That go, that violate Catholic teaching. That are about population control, abortion, LGBT. Um, they're they're investing. They're investing in their political networking. That's what they're doing. You know, they say you can't make money without spending money, and that's what they're doing with with our money. Because the truth is, they don't. There is no. Uh, investment in pro-life for them. What they, when, the reason why they do this, because they need, they need to put Catholic charities and other Catholic groups out as a, um, as a, uh, an organization, uh, a, a political organization to, you know, as an account so they can get, you know, that's why they're they're supporting illegal immigration, so they can get that money. They can get that money. They can get that account with the government, so they can use the money. They can get the money for themselves. They don't really, they're not really, you know, to resettle uh, illegal immigrants, not because they care about them, but because they need that money. They're not getting, they're not getting Catholics in the pews anymore. They know, they know that a majority of people from South America, maybe first or two generations will remain Catholic, but they're they're not going, you know, they're going to go to Pentecostal groups. A lot of them are going to wind up becoming Pentecostal evangelical they're going to wind up they're going to they're going to they're going to find they're not really getting get, going to get spiritually nourished they leave the church faster at a faster rate than uh pews pew research has found out about that they leave the church faster if they're not going to find their spiritual nourishment f- fulfilled in the church they're going to go someplace else they're going to wind up becoming Jehovah Witnesses. I see this at my job, at the museum. We used to get a group called Oasis. And these guys come in and they use um, they use the museum as sort of a catechesis program. They come in and they... Um, they sign, you know, they, they go through the programs like the galleries. They they choose ancient Near East. They choose ancient Egypt. They choose ancient Greece. They'll use the European paintings as a, you know, part of their, their, their uh, instruction program. And they, they wind up uh, using it as a way to indoctrinate, to strip the people of traditional Orthodox Christianity to demolish the Trinity, demolish uh, Mary, the saints. All right, they they'll they'll connect it to um, paganism, the worship of Mary, the mother and child, the saints, the Eucharist, to strip away belief. In, in and they do a very good job of it. They do a very good job of it. People come in on busloads. On busloads, they're not being. Then they have not been able to do that now, with with the pandemic. But the museum makes lots of money off this group. They they make lots of money. They pay the museum thousands of dollars, and they and this is through. Groups, the groups pay for this through their local uh, meeting halls. They don't call them churches; they call them meeting halls, and they use the museum 
And the museum, of course, is not responsible for, for what they do, but they make money off of it. Catholics don't come in and do this. Right? They don't come in and do this kind of stuff. They don't make money. You know, they don't use museums for catechesis. I remember Father Groeschel used to come in um, with his priests, but he did it sporadically. He used to do it a, on a sporadic level. You know, he would bring in young seminarians with him and he would take them, but they were seminarians. They weren't lay people. They, they weren't laymen. You know, but this is what I'm trying to say is that the Jehovah Witnesses do a fantastic job of it and they they wound up having a big meal in the cafeteria. The, the museum makes money. The cafeteria makes money. Everybody's happy. But you don't, you never see the Catholics. You never see them. You hardly ever do. You see them maybe once in a while. Maybe you see them, uh, a group of nuns, maybe with young women, but that's on a very rare basis, very rare basis, you know, but that's it. You know, that's what I'm trying to say is that Catholics don't take advantage of it. And the reason why they're indifferent is because the clergy are indifferent. Okay. If, you know, you know, We've gone so far using critical historical method, telling people not to be literal believing in the faith. All right. You read the New American Bible. It strips away that the Gospels are historical documents. Okay. Remember, there's a a, a YouTube channel, uh, Breaking the Habit, uh, yeah, there's a, a YouTube channel called Breaking the Habit. He's a young Franciscan guy, very handsome-looking guy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you would find it very hard to believe that he's actually a Franciscan priest, but he is. And um, he attacked. Uh, well, I wouldn't say attacked, but he had criticism. Let's put it this way: he had criticism on the uh, the chosen. Uh, because of the fact that the way they presented that the, you know, what he called a, a sola scriptura uh, approach, that they were writing things down uh, immediately during Jesus' lifetime. And he criticized, he used the historical critical method that that not even the apostles had any idea what was going on, that it was written down long after their generation, which basically does not help believing in the reliability of the gospels. If if you're really saying that the that they probably didn't even know how to read. You know, it didn't make sense. First of all, why wouldn't they? I mean, these guys go to synagogue, okay? It, admittedly, maybe they weren't all educated, but but still, these people believed in the scriptures, right? They lived; they they were pious, believing Jews. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they um, write things down? He doesn't, he, he, you know, he's, he, he really, in a sense, I really felt it was more of a jealous attack because let's, let's admit it. We don't produce programs like this. Catholics do not produce shows like this. I mean, when Gibson, when Mel Gibson came along to want to put together the passion, the Christ, he went to the bishops to get some help. They couldn't run fat, uh, uh, away from him fast enough, Gibson said. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So it makes me suspicious when I hear a Franciscan friar attacking a show about the life of Christ, which the lead actor happens to be a Roman Catholic. Right? It assuming there might be one or two more, right? The director and producer of the show, the creator of the show, Dallas Jenkins, is a evangelical Christian, 
right? They do have on hand uh, some ca- uh, Catholic, a uh, Messianic Jew, and a Baptist minister, and I'm assuming an Orthodox Christians on hand to help with the show. Orthodox, uh, you know, Greek Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, Byzantine Orthodox. They, to help with the show. Now, why, why do we have a friar on YouTube attacking it? He's attacking it because he's saying it's, I mean, first of all, Scott Hahn supports the show. A convert from Protestantism to Roman Catholicism. Here you have someone who loves the show. Scott Hahn loves it. I mean, he's friends with Jonathan Rumi, right? You even have Bishop Robert Barron, who sort of has a careful, not too much in the spotlight relationship with the show. You know, he, you know, he, he's had meetings with Jonathan Rumi. You've seen him. He, he's, you know, he's not completely in the spotlight, but he's, 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 you know, he, he's trying to jump on the bandwagon, but it's very difficult for him because of his position. But Scott Hahn loves, you know, he, he's got a beautiful relationship with Jonathan Rumi and Jonathan Rumi has, has a beautiful relationship with the daughters of St. Paul, but the breaking the habit. I'm going to say is more closer to the bishops. All right. He, you know, he, he's sort of like, he, you know, he loves some parts of the show, but he attacks another part of the show, you know, because of their claim that the scriptures are historic, that are historical, that they're written straight from the apostles. And I, I tend to believe that in, why not? Why couldn't the apostles write things down? Why couldn't they have written it down in their three in, in their three year uh, on the road relationship with Jesus? Why couldn't they have done it? Uh, you know, but the problem here is is because the school of thought that this young Franciscan on breaking the habit has done. He's he's been exposed to the German school. That basically uh, uh, amputates the faith from a historical, you know, from 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 the actual historical reliability of the faith. He never quotes the Catechism of the Catholic Church completely. He, you know, they, they always choose very bits and pieces of it. So think about it. If you do this, if you actually say that that it was written generations after the apostles. What does that say to about the Eucharist? What does it say about the reliability of the Eucharist? Let's get back to that. How do we know that Jesus said those words? How do we know that he's the incarnate word? That the annunciation was true. I mean, think about it. Our new American Bible doesn't even say hail Mary, hail full of grace. It says hail highly favored one. Right, the new Catholic version gets back because they found out they they don't make they don't make enough good money with the new American one. That's why the new American Bible basically is terrible. It has footnotes in it that dissect and destroy the faith, which basically seems that's what the you you, you got a question was that the target? I mean, the Psalms had to be corrected a few times. The Psalms were terrible. But then they come up with the with the uh, revised New American Bible and get well, what do they do with the Isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen? They don't bother to say a virgin shall conceive. They say a young maiden shall conceive. Going back to the original Hebrew, but then if you go to the new the new Catholic version, it says a virgin shall conceive. These guys don't even seem to know what they want to do. Okay, which is it? Which is it? You have to ask them this question. What is, which direction are they going? Right? You go to the New American Bible, they mention the Q gospel, the source gospel, the German for source. Right? Not that the apostles wrote it, 
not that the apostles were who who were the twelve chosen by Jesus. I mean seriously, what is the correct interpretation of the faith? Right? You've got to go to some other some other place to get the faith. You've got to go to the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, um, which is not supported by the, the bishops, right? But it, it they even have a Didiac Bible, which quotes the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Right? These guys don't even want to have anything to do with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The bishops, the cardinals. Not even on a local parish level do they want to have anything to do with it. What do they do? They put out the bishops, uh, the uh, USCCB catechism. Notice how they want to stay far away from anything related to orthodoxy of the faith. You've got to ask yourself, why? Why? They don't want to do with it. They 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 steer off a bit. They 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 maneuver away from it. My friends, I think, I really do think that they are in opposition with the faith. I really do. This document that they just put out is not is is just is just uh, superficial. Temper superficial. They're doing everything they can to really not. They're not going. They're not going. Their, their plan is not to stop Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion. They don't want to. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. They're not going to do that. All right. They're not going to do that. You can support your parish. I think you should support your local parish, but you got to be careful where the money goes. You could support any repairs. You should support any repairs. I think on a um, parish level, you need to get a couple of people together. Those who have, those who can do the job, who know how to do it, and they can res- they can support any 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 repairs within your local parish. That they can do, but. Putting your money in a basket, the bishop will take the money from the bank. They have access to each local parish bank account and take amount of the money, the amount of the money that they want. And they're going to take that money and they're going to use that, especially when you have the bishop's collection, which is coming around soon. Um, I think you're going to have to do that. I don't, I don't know how to do that because one, I. I can't, I can't put that much money in. First of all, I'm not going to put money in to support the bishops. I'm not going to do that. But they can take the money throughout the year. I know this for a fact because I've heard this being, this been told. They have access to each bank account of every parish in diocese. That's how they do it. And they can take what it, they can go into the each each parish account. And take a certain amount for themselves out. And, you know, not to repeat myself, but that's exactly what they do. So parish councils, if you don't want, and I don't think the bishops should get the money to support their ridiculous, um, contradictory, perverse political causes. um, No, don't support them. Don't support them. I mean, you know. The Vatican's getting less money, especially here from America. America is probably the biggest one where they get money, but, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. In Germany, they actually, um, they take it out of your taxes. And if you decide not to um, give uh, to the Catholic, uh, to the Catholic Church in Germany, you are excommunicated pretty handy method I don't know how they do it in other places but I think really honestly I don't know what else I don't know how to fix it I'll probably see if I can attend any of these synodal meetings I don't know I don't know if I'll get my voice heard I don't know if it's worth it 
I don't know how serious. I don't even think they're going to have any, but they might, one or two. And I don't think I'm going to make myself popular because what am I going to, what, what are they going to really do? You know, you're going to get the local one that's going to, you're going to get the church Karen. I don't know if you've been watching Midnight Mass, but there's this one woman in the, in the show. It's about vampires. And of course, they're going to mix it with Catholicism, right? A priest comes back, a monsignor comes back, but they don't, they get a young priest, but they don't realize it's him and he's defiling the mass with the blood of a vampire. It's, it's, it's really hilarious, but what else can you do? This is, this is how, you know, they always got to associate the Catholic faith because that's the closest thing to a, a really good ritual. But anyway, in the, um, in the process, of course, you've got a, a church Karen, a real, uh, you know, holy roller and control freak. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is on a local parish level. I don't know. I don't really know. I'll, I'll try. You know, I also have limited time. You know, sometimes I have to work late. And sometimes I have to work on a Saturday. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know. And I don't know if it's going to get fixed. The only answer I have is to focus on my own, on my own holiness. I, you know, I think this is, you know, if anything, yes, I'm going to continue to go receive Holy Communion because I need Christ in my life. And, um, you know, we're always going to lapse into some, we're going to lapse into our, our, our sinful behavior and sinful natures. But the best thing I can say is I got to focus on my, on my holiness. And I would say, do the same thing. If it means using podcasts, if it means using audible books, if it means listening to YouTube, if this is the only way, then maybe this is the only way the Holy Spirit, this is the way the Holy Spirit is going to, is going to reach out to people. If it means shows like The Chosen, if, if, the, if the, the local parish, the church that Christ established on St. Peter, and I'm not saying I'm blame, you know, I'm not saying the church, it's, it's, it's the leadership in the church those who have been given the position and they're going to be held accountable for their behavior. If they're not going to do the job, the Holy Spirit will fulfill the work somehow. I thank God for St. Paul Center. I thank God for the Catholic Institute, a podcast that's really worth listening to. I thank God for even people like Taylor Marshall. Even, um, you know, other, you know, other, there's others who are doing everything can to do what their part to teach the faith. I thank God for church militant for keeping us informed about all this stuff. I, I forgive me. I didn't mean to forget church militant, but church militant has been a great help. Michael Voris and his, and his team on church militant are a blessing. This is the result of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing is doing this work through them. You know, I thank God for John Henry Weston and his people, you know, for what they're doing. I thank God for grace force. I thank God for census fideum. They teach, they, you know, like I said, it's a YouTube Catholic church. It's an internet Catholic church. This is the only way to do it. If, you know, the bishops, are not going to do the job. The Holy Spirit will fulfill the work that's necessary and will do it. And there's also young Catholic YouTubers. There's also uh, the Jewish Catholic, Daniel. He's he's interested in the Catholic faith. He's, uh, there's also the, the religious hippie. She's wonderful. She, she has a YouTube channel and a podcast. You know... And I'm also looking into Orthodox, the Orthodox Church's prayers. I may not, I'm not, not becoming Orthodox. 
I might be interested in Byzantine Catholic, but there's not one in my area. I'm very limited to where I can go. You know, I mean, I love Regina Pace. I love the church. I think this this parish, this basilica can reach greater heights. And it should be. But this is this is important. We need we need to focus on our holiness. So yeah, read your Bibles, study the catechism, listen to good audible books, listen to good podcasts, say your rosary, pray your rosary, pray for you know I think it's also important to start fasting, because let's face it, you know, I think we need to practice more holiness, more uh, mortification, self, self-mortification. self It's something that we need to do. Now we're in the Advent season. And I'm going to try the best I can to get back on track to praying again as much as I should be praying. And also, I think for this Advent, it's good to, to for, for the preparation of Christmas to fast. I think we need more, more of this. And I think this is what we need to do. We need to pray. There's a lot of ways. The church doesn't put, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't put one particular method of holiness in front of us. But I think it's a good start. Okay, so where do we go from here? Now, you know, it's, 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 um, it's not an easy road. It's a long road, right? You know, I'm going to try to get back to figure out on how does the Lord want me to practice holiness. And I think we all got to figure out, you know, for an individual level, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult because, you know, we get close to him through scripture. We get close to him through the rosary. That's a, that's a must. There's liturgy hours, but for people like us who have to work every day, it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be always easy. Trust me, a lot of times when I try to say the Liturgy of the Hours, and I love praying the Liturgy of the Hours, um, it's, I don't get the time I need. So, um, but it's, it's something to think about. Anyway, um, Let's end it with an Our Father and three Hail Marys in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Okay, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless.